Heavenly Father, we thank you for today's date, today, May 30th. We thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, we ask you to you look down on us and smile on us, Lord, as we're obedient to stay in your word on a daily basis, Lord. Please reward us with your presence. Reward us, Lord God. Touch our ears, our eyes, and our hearts, Lord, what your word will say to us, Lord God. Strengthen us according to your word, Lord God. You have made us, designed us. Now teach us your word, Lord God, that we may prosper all the days of our lives. Lord, just like Joshua did and Moses, Lord, and saw your glory, we thank you that we see your glory in Jesus Christ. And bless each word as we speak the oracles of your word, Lord, the miracle of your word you give given to us. Thank you for your design and the wonderment of your design. Amen. Amen. Second Samuel. Everyone cried loudly. Second Samuel fifteen twenty three. Excuse me. Everyone cried cried loudly as the king and his followers passed by. <clears throat> they crossed the Kindred Valley, and then went out towards the wilderness. Sadak and all the Levites also came along, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. They sat down, they set the Ark of God, and Abiathar offered sacrifices until everyone had passed out of the city. Then the king instructed Sadak to take the Ark of God back into the city. If the Lord sees fit, David said, he will bring me back to see the Ark and the tabernacle again. But if he's through with me, then let him do what it seems best to him. The king also told Sadak the priest, Look, here is my plan. You and Abiathar should return quietly to the city with your son Ahimas and Abiathar's son Jonathan. I will stop at the shallows of the Jordan River and wait there for a report from you. So Sadak and Abiathar took the ark of God back to the city and stayed there. <clears throat> David walked up the road to the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered, and his feet were bare as a sign of mourning. And the people who were with him covered their heads and wept as they climbed the hill. When someone told David that his advisor Ahithophel was now back in Absalom, David prayed, O Lord, let Ahithophel's give Absalom foolish advice. <laughs> <clears throat> when David reached the summit of the Mount of Olives, where people worshipped God, Hushai the archite was waiting there for him. Hushai had torn his clothing and put dirt on his head as a sign of mourning. But David told him, If you go with me, you will only be a burden. Return to Jerusalem and tell Absalom, I will now be your advisor, O king, just as I was your father's advisor in the past. Then you can frustrate and counter Ahithophel's advice. Sadak and Abiathar, the priests, will be there. Tell them about the plans being made in the king's palace, and they will send their sons Ahimas and Jonathan to tell me what is going on. So David's friend, Hushai, returned to Jerusalem, Getting there just as Absalom arrived. <clears throat> wow. When David had gone a little beyond the summit of the Mount of Olives, Seba, 
the servant of Mephitosheth, was waiting there for him. He had two donkeys loaded with 200 loaves of bread, a hundred clusters of raisins, a hundred bunches of summer fruit, and the wineskin full of wine. What are these for? the king asked Ziba. Ziba replied, The donkeys are for the king's people to ride on, and the bread and summer fruit are for the young men to eat. The wine is for those who become exhausted in the wilderness. And there and where is Mephibosheth, Saul's grandson? the king asked him. He stayed in Jerusalem, Ziba replied. He said, Today I will get back the kingdom of my grandfather Saul. In that case, the king told Ziba, I give you everything Mephibosheth owns. I bow before you, Ziba replied. May I always be pleasing to you, my lord the king. As King David came to Bahudamim, a man came out of the village cursing them. It was Shimei, son of Gerah, from the same clan as Saul's family. He threw stones at the king and the king's officers and all the mighty warriors who surrounded him. Get out of here, you murderer, you scoundrel, he shouted at David. The Lord is paying you back for all the bloodshed in Saul's clan. You stole his throne, and now the Lord has given it to your son Absalom. At last you will taste some of your own medicine, for you are a murderer. <clears throat> Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king, Abishai, son of Suriah, demanded? Let me go over there and cut off his head. No, the king said. Who asks your opinion, sons of Seruiah? If the Lord has told him to curse me, why are you to stop him? <clears throat> then David said to Abishai and to all his servants, My own son is trying to kill me. Doesn't this relative of Saul have even more reason to do so? Leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to do it. And perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wrong and will bless me because of these curses today. Very important. Mm. So David and his men continued down the road, and Shimei kept pace with them on a nearby hillside, cursing as he went, throwing stones as David and tossing dust into the air. The king and all who were with him grew weary along the way, so they rested when they reached the Jordan River. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Absalom and all the army of Israel arrived at Jerusalem, accompanied by Ahitophel. When David's friend Hushai the archite arrived, he went immediately to see Absalom. Long live the king, he explained. Long live the king. Is that the way you treat your friend David? Absalom asked him. Why aren't you with him? I'm here because I belong to the man who was chosen by the Lord and by all the men of Israel, Hushai replied. And anyway, why should I, shouldn't I serve you? Just as I was your father's advisor, now I will be your advisor. <laughs> then Absalom turned to Ahitophel and asked him, What should I do next? Ahitophel told him, Go and sleep with your father's concubines, for he has left them here to look after the palace. Then all of Israel would know that you have insulted your father beyond hope of reconciliation, and they will throw their support to you. <clears throat> so they set up a tent on the palace roof 
where everyone could see it, and Absalom went in and had sex with his father's concubines. Absalom followed Ahitophel's advice just as David had done, for every word Ahitophel spoke seemed to as wise as though it had come directly from the mouth of God. Lord, we thank you for the reading. We ask you, Holy Spirit, show us the things that are important and pertinent to us, Lord, to us living today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank the Holy Spirit to me. He um, emphasized, says, perhaps the Lord will see that I am being wrong mm-hmm. and will bless me because of the curses today. Mm-hmm. Now, he says that the Lord watches man really good, and David knows the balances of his God. You know, how merciful mm. and how justice. Yeah, from the Psalms, right? From the... Yeah. Um, so, that's why when we say, when someone wrong us, Jesus has said, yeah, turn the other right. cheek. You know, because your Father that. is the one who gives you the reward. Yeah. You know, pray for your enemies, bless them that curse you. Give them what they want. Don't ask for it back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it's a very important thing for us to, you know, we don't understand God. He's a lot stronger, a lot kinder, a lot rewarder. Mm-hmm. He's got everything. If he's got all the uh, all the cattle in a thousand hills, you know, yeah. then he can easily give you much, much more and more than that than the little things that we're trying to fight for. Doing it his way. Amen. You know, we're on here we're in his house and in his house there's free gold. Amen. There's free silver. Okay, um you can speak a little bit about the Kindred Valley and how David crossed through there. And then we just read in John eighteen, I think you read it yesterday, where Jesus crossed the Kindred Valley mm-hmm. later right. and he went up the Mount Olive too. Mm-hmm. The same, the same, the same path that King David took. I don't know a thousand years before Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says because it says everyone cla- cried loudly as the king and his followers passed by. Remember, so they crossed the Kidron Valley and then they went toward the wilderness. So I'm not really. And then they, and then they, they, they climbed the Mount of Olives, and then they were weary. But yesterday, when you were reading in John, mm-hmm. you, John went. chapter 18, it says, After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kindred Valley oh, yes. with his disciples, and he entered a grove of olive trees. Mm, beautiful. So it's the same valley, and they left. So I see a type of Jesus here, mm. you know, walking and not retaliating as he was going to the cross. Mm-hmm. And his enemies were cursing him. Mm, beautiful, yeah. Right? And uh, it's interesting that Jesus said, forgive them for they don't know what they do. I mean, when that, that guy has so much guts, he had to be out of his mind full of wine to have God's, um, David's mighty men there. You know, they could have easily cut off his head. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so you got to give the guy credit for being uh, either nuts, courageous, or just disrupt because he was from Saul's clan. He was like a cousin to him. But it's amazing how quickly everybody knew the news and then how quickly Absalom came to the to the palace and how quickly Ziba loaded up the camels. You know, and met him with at the camels, the donkeys, the ten donkeys. But you know, remember Nathan prophesied that uh, Absalom would that that kind of disgraceful act was going to happen mm -hmm. in his house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know that's very interesting. The Kidron Valley and then the Mount of Olives, because it says there when David reached the summit of the Mount of Olives, where people worship God. You know, it says he was actually. Uh, it says Hushai the archite was waiting there for him. Hushai had torn his clothing and put dirt on his head as a sign of mourning. Um, wow. And it sounds like he wants to, you know, frustrate. Well, it says here he wants to frustrate the advice that was given to go there. I will now be your advisor, O King, just as I was your father's advisor in the past. Then you can frustrate and counter Atito Pill's advice. Wow, that's just the timing of that for them to arrive at the same time that Absalom did, huh? Yeah. Mm. Also, um, over here when he was when you said that the that the Lord notices when we're being wrong. But also, David kind of just accepted. He said, doesn't, um, doesn't the relative of Saul have even more reason to do so? Leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to do it. Yeah, well, he should have put, if the Lord has told him to do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, down here, <clears throat> and one of the study notes says, whether you're suffering insults or gross injustice put vengeance and justice in the hands of God <clears throat> vengeance and justice only he can judge rightly and only he can measure out justice perfectly remember that God knows what you are enduring and he will give you justice so instead of there just pouting uh, you, you add uh, you make a glow by praising him and thanking him and worshiping and praying for the person and add a stellar type, you know, super duper. Have act, you know, act. I remember that guy, uh, I prayed for somebody that came, you know, at the park. And that week we got $1,500, man, extra. You know, things started to click. And then the next time I see the cat, I kind of smile at their aggregation because I had joy already. I had prayed for somebody. You know, he just, uh, when I was getting off my car, he just swung his car really sh close to me. And one of the other guys noticed that. He goes, hey, that guy, you know, the little old man in his car is a grouchy guy. Uh -huh. So I just prayed for him. Uh -huh. And I got rewarded. And the next time I saw him, I didn't, I didn't hold any. I just laughed at his, you know, he's, you know, just, I don't know, it was just comical for him to be grouchy. 
Amen. Okay, honey, would you okay, please so read us? John chapter 18, verse 25 to 1922. <clears throat> okay, so my eyes are like ready to go to sleep. This, would you put this tea? You want me to read it? No, I'm just wondering what's in the tea. Anything? No. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, <laughs> as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, they asked him again, You're not one of the disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, No, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Again, Peter denied it, and immediately a rooster crowed. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over. We wouldn't have, it, um, we wouldn't have handed him over to you if you weren't a criminal, they retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. Only the Romans are permitted to execute someone. And Jewish leaders replied, this fulfilled Jesus' prediction about the way he would die. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. Amen. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, So you are a king. Jesus responded, You say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize what I say is true. Beautiful. What, what is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime, but you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release the king of the Jews? This king of the Jews. But they shouted back, No, not this man. We want Barabbas. Barabbas was a revolutionary. Then Pilate had Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip. The soldiers led tip, uh, tip whip. The soldiers wore a, wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put a purple robe on him. Hail, king of the Jews, they mocked, as they slapped him across his face. Pilate went outside again and said to the people, I am going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said, Look, here's the man. When they saw him, the leading priests and the temple guards began shouting, 
Crucify him. Crucify him. Take him yourselves and crucify him, Pilate said. I find him not guilty. The Jewish leaders replied, By our law he ought to die because he called himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more frightened than ever. He took Jesus back into the headquarters again and asked him, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Why don't you talk to me, Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, You would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. So the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Then Pilate reached to release him, but the Jewish leaders shouted, If you release this man, you are no friend of Caesar's. Caesar. Anyone who declares himself a king is a rebel against Caesar. When they said this, Pilate brought Jesus out to them again. Then Pilate sat down on the judgment seat at the platform that is called the stone pavement in Hebrew, Gabbatha. It was now about noon on the day of the preparation for the Passover. And Pilate said to the people, Look, here's your king. Away with him, they yelled. Away with him. Crucify him. What? Crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. But leading priests shouted back. Then Pilate turned Jesus over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus away. Carrying the cross by himself, he went to the place of skull in Hebrew, Golgotha. There they nailed him to the cross. Two others were crucified with him, one on either side, with Jesus between them. And Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. The place where Jesus was crucified near the city, and the sign was writ, written in Hebrew, Latin, and Greek, so that many people could read it. Then the leading priest objected and said to Pilate, Change it from the King of the Jews to, he said, I am the King of the Jews. Pilate replies, No, what I have written I have written. Amen. Wow, that's that that's was his powerful. crime, huh? Mm-hmm. His crime was. King, he called himself the Son of God. The sign that said Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Wow, that was his crime. Mm. Creator of the whole earth, everything, and that was his crime. Yeah, I really like how it says. Um, when Jesus answered him, "What what have you done?" Jesus answered, "My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom." Okay. Uh-huh. If if it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And that's something we always need to remember: is we're like it says in, in John, it says, we're in the world, but we're not from this world. We're under the kingdom of, mm-hmm. of God. So, you know, the earthly kingdom that's around us, we're not subjected to it. We're, you know, sons and daughters of a king, heirs to the sitting with Jesus in the heavenly places, with all the heavenly uh, gifts and spiritual blessings. 
So on the earth, yeah, there's some crazy stuff that goes on, but we got to keep our eye on the kingdom because we're not from here. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. And um, I also... So um, Jesus just reiterated, I, I came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize what I say is true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The law was brought through Moses. So, if we're his followers, we're, we recognize his truth. And, uh, Amen. I really enjoy that. It says, those who love the truth, you know, I can use that in AA really easy. You know, I love the truth is so evident in AA. And I believe, once I believe, you know, the, it was obscured by alcohol, pop, regrets, jealousy, and everything, the seven deadly sins. But once I started, the fog started to lift, I was able to see truth easily. And then I started to believe, and once I started to believe, it was easy for me to believe in Jesus and take him at us. They set me up, baby. They set me up. I was born again. That was 30-something years ago, and we haven't haven't slowed down yet. Amen. I was just thinking about how those meetings in Morgan Hill got put into place. You know, and how those... That's a big meeting. And all because they didn't have the meeting in Morgan Hill... When we were out there in 2010. Oh, the five meetings in Morgan Hills mm-hmm. that we started? Yeah. Yeah, that was a God. God put them so easily together. About, what, 15 people meet five times a week now. Mm-hmm. We, we left. Yeah, and one lady, remember the last time you were there, she said if it wasn't for that meeting, she wouldn't have got sober. That's right. That was yeah, made beautiful. it easy for her. Yeah. So anyway, um, going back down here, you know, Pilate is just like, He's like, you're not, he's not guilty. What did he do? He, he just can't figure it out, you know. And um, so he asked, he says it three times, I noticed. He's not guilty of any crime right there in, in, in chapter 38 or verse 38. And then when you go up to verse, oh, starting in uh, 19.4. He says, uh, I'm going to bring him out to you now, but understand clearly that I find him not guilty. Okay, this again. And then the people were crying out for him to be crucified, to be crucified him. And he says, take him yourselves and crucify him. Pilate said, I find him not guilty. Yeah. So three times he says he's not guilty. He says he was terrified at the people. Yeah, and then the, the next thing, time it says... You know, it says, uh, but the leaders replied, by our law, he ought to die because he called himself the son My of God. My God, that scared the pants out of him. Yeah, that scared the pants off of Pilate He was more frightened than ever. And he took Jesus back in again. And, and he just, he was like, where are you from? He recognized he's not of this world, you know. It's interesting, he said mm-hmm. that the one who has the more sin is the one they turned me to you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You know, exactly in a, what he said. Mm-hmm. 
And it's kind of like he's, you know, he, he's in a sea of sin of non-believers, you know. But have, yeah. people have more degrees of sin than others. Yeah, because over here, remember he said, if they were my father, if it were my followers, they would fight to keep him. So those people clearly, no matter what they saw, no matter all the miracles and the healings that took place and the casting out of demons, it didn't matter. They, they, they didn't recognize the truth. You know, they didn't recognize that he was from heaven, you know, from the Father. And then over here, it says, um, you know, he said, when he asked him, he wouldn't respond back to him. So he's like, don't you realize I have power to release you or crucify you? So he knew he wasn't guilty. He knew he had this power, but Jesus wouldn't answer him because he knew that the scriptures had to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, then, um, so then, uh, but then Jesus tells him, you wouldn't have any power over me unless it were given to you from above. And then, so the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. So those people that didn't believe, right? They didn't believe in the truth. Right. You know, it's it's amazing because it says, like, the power that comes from heaven. You know, God says, I lift one up, I, I lower another one, I make one powerful, I make one rich. Uh -huh. I do what I want. Right. You know? And, you know, there's so many courts out here, so many lawyers, so many people suing each other. You know, we can't even see God. You know, we can. How He works. How He works. How He makes... Um... Anyway, we're in cahoots with the Lord. And Amen. praise God, we're going... Amen. And, the and, world uh, is ours because of the Lord Jesus. You know, and I like the way that Pilate keeps declaring him he's the king. He keeps saying he's your king. You know? Amen. And, <laughs> and they themselves said it. Says, yeah. uh you know, they, they themselves said it. Anyone who declares himself as a king is a rebel against Caesar. Mm -hmm. They said it themselves. He declared himself a king. Mm -hmm. So when Pilate put that, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it said Pilate posted a sign on the cross that read, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Okay. So, um, and he did it. And I remember Pastor Prince preaching on this they say they did it in hebrew and latin and in greek so that, so that many, many could read it could, oh they went the extra mile probably yeah huh? yeah and then he says uh and they're like no 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 change it you know it's like you type it, no typos here you know you, you have to it's already written he oh, says they, they, they want to crucify him because he said i'm a i'm the king of the jews <laughs> yeah no but he, they're wanting him to cha change it to i am the king of the jews uh -huh. right but he says nope what I've written, I've written. Amen. <laughs> That's so cute. I like the book of John. It just pops, so many things pop out, you know. It's amen. So awesome. Amen. What I've written, I have written. written. Yeah. So, you know, he was sick of them, you know. And he goes, look, man, you guys are going to be pushing me around on this issue. Okay, baby, pray in the Psalms. Press your heart into the mold of obedience today. Turn away from people. And ways that are false. Amen. Or that 
Psalm 119, 113 to 128. Would you go ahead and read it, please? Okay, it says, I hate those with divided loyalties, but I love your instructions. You are my refuge and my shield. Your word is my source of hope. Get out of my life, you evil-minded people, for I intend to obey the commands of my God. Lord, sustain me as you promised that I may live. Do not let my hope be crushed. Sustain me and I will be rescued. Then I will meditate continually on your decrees. But you have rejected all who stray from your decrees. They are only fooling themselves. You skim off the wicked of the earth like scum. No wonder I love to obey your laws. I tremble in fear of you. I stand in awe of your regulations. Don't lead me to the mercy of my enemies, for I have done what is just and right. Please guarantee a blessing for me. Don't, don't let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes strain to see your rescue, to see the truth of your promise fulfilled. I am your servant. Deal with me in unfailing love and teach me your decrees. Give discernment to me, your servant, then I will understand your laws. Lord, it's time for you to act, for these evil people have violated your instructions. Truly, I love your commands, more than gold, even the finest gold. Each of your commandments is right. That is why I hate every false way. Hmm. Proverbs 16, 10 to 11 says, The king speaks with divine wisdom. He must never judge unfairly. The Lord demands accurate scales and balances. He sets the standards for fairness. Amen. Blessed be the word of the Lord that's gone for it this day. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. The New Stanford Neuroscience Health Center is now open. Should I go take a shower? Proverbs 30, the words of Agur, son of Jacob of Massa, the man who says to Ethiel, Surely I am too brutish and stupid to be called a man, and I have not the understanding of a man, for all my secular learning is as nothing. <clears throat> I have not learned skillful and godly wisdom that I should have the knowledge of burden of the Holy One. Who has ascended into heaven and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in his garments? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name, if you know? Every word of God is tried and purified. He is a shield to those who trust and take refuge in him. Add, add not to his words, lest he reprove you, and you be found a liar. Two things I have asked of you, O Lord, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? 
or lest I be poor and steal and so profane the name of my God. <clears throat> Do not accuse and hurt a servant before his master, lest he curse you and you be held guilty. There is a class of people who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. There is a class of people who are pure in their own eyes and are not washed from their own filth. There is a class of people, oh, how lofty are their eyes and their raised eyelids. There is a class of people whose teeth are as swords and whose fangs as knives to devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among men. The leech has two daughters crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yes, four that do not say it is enough. Shield, the place of the dead, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire that says not, it is enough. <clears throat> the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey mother. The ravens of the valley will pick it out, and the young vultures will devour it. There are three things which are too wonderful for me. Yes, four which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wickedness. Under three things the earth is disquitted, and under four it cannot bear up. Under a servant when he reigns, a empty-headed fool when he's filled with food, an unloved and repugnant woman when she is married, a maid servant when she is supplanted her mistress. There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they lay up their food in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet they make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet they go forth, all of them by bands. The lizard you can seize with your hands, yet it is in king's palaces. There are three things which are stately in step, yes, four which are stately in their stride. The lion, which is mightiest among beasts and turns not back before any. The war horse, well knit in the loins. The male goat also. And the king, when his army is with him and against whom there is no uprising. If you had done foolishly in exalting yourself, or if you have thought of evil, Lay your hand upon your mouth. Surely the churning of milk brings forth butter, and the wringing of the nose brings forth blood. But the forcing of wrath brings forth strife. <clears throat> now we go to Psalm 30. Psalm 30. Reading out of the Amplified Bible today. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cry to you and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought me, you brought my life up from Shiloh, the place of the dead. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit of the grave. Sing to the Lord, O you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance 
remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. As for me and my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you have established me as a strong mountain. You have hid your face, and I was troubled. Your favor is life. I cry to you, O Lord, to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit, the grave? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth and faithfulness of men? Hear, O Lord, have mercy and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing for me. You have put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that, that my tongue and my heart and everything glorious within me may sing praise to you and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks for you forever. Psalm 60 O God, you have rejected us and cast us off, broken down our defenses and scattered us. You have been angry. O restore us and turn yourself to us again. You have made the land to quake and tremble. You have rent it open. Repair its breaches for its shakes and totters. <clears throat> you have made your people suffer hard things. You have given us to drink wine and makes us real and be days. But now you have set up a banner for those who fear and worshipfully revere you, revere you, to which you may flee from the bowl a standard display because of the truth, that your beloved ones may be delivered. Save with your right hand and answer us. God has spoken in his holiness, in his promise. I will rejoice. I will divide and portion out the land of Shechem and the valley of Sukkot. Gilead is mine and Manish is mine. Ephraim also is my helmet. Judah is my scepter and my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot, reduced to vilest servitude. Upon Edom I cast my shoe in triumph. Over Philistia I raised the shout of victory. Who will bring me into the strong city of Petra? Who will lead me into Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God, and will not go forth, O God, with our armies? Oh, give us help against the adversary, for vain, ineffectual, and to no purpose is the help and salvation of man. Through God we should do valiantly, for it is he who shall tread down our adversaries. Amen. Psalms 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place and our refuge in all generations, says Moses. Before the mountains were brought forth, or, or ever, you have formed and given birth to the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn men back to dust and corruption and say, Return, O sons of the earth born to the earth. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday, when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You carry away these disobedient people doomed to die within 40 years as with a flood. 
They are asleep, vague, and forgotten as soon as they are gone. In the morning they are like grass which grows up. In the morning it flourishes and springs up. In the evening it is mowed down and withers. For we, the Israelites in the wilderness, are consumed by your anger, and by your wrath are we troubled, overwhelmed, and frightened away. Our iniquities, our secret heart, and its sins, which we would do so like to conceal even from ourselves. You have set in the revealing light of your countenance. For all our days out here in the wilderness, says Moses, pass away in your wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told for we adults know we are doomed to die soon without reaching Canaan. The day of our years are three score years, ten, seven years, or even by reason of strength, four score years, eighty years. Yet it is their pride in additional years, only labor and sorrow, for it is soon gone and we fly away. Who knows the power of your anger? Who worthily connects this brevity of life with your recognition of sin? And your wrath, who connects it with the reverent and worshipful fear that is due you. So teach us to number our days, that we may get us a heart of wisdom. Turn, O Lord, from your fierce anger. How long? Revoke your sentence, and be compassionate, and at ease towards your servant. O satisfy us with your mercy and loving kindness in the morning, now, before we are older that we may rejoice and be glad all of our days. Make us glad in proportion to the days in which you have afflicted us and to the years in which we have suffered evil. Let your work, the signs of your power, be revealed to your servants and your glorious majesty to their children. And let the beauty and the lifefulness and the favor of the Lord our God be upon us. Confirm and establish the work of our hands, yes, the work of our hands confirm and establish it. In my distress I cried to the Lord, and he answered me. Psalms 120. In my distress I cried to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from my lying lips and from deceitful tongues. What shall be given to you, or what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? Sharp arrows of a mighty warrior with glowing coals of the broom tree. Who is me that I sojourn with Meshesh, that I dwell beside the tents of Kedar, as if among notorious barbarous people? My life has too long had its dwelling with him who has hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Psalms 120. Now we go to Psalms 150. The last psalm of the Bible. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the heavens of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to the abundance of His greatness. Praise Him with the trumpets sound. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with tambourine, single or group. Dance. Praise Him with stringing and wind instruments or flutes. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that hath breath and every breath of life praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, now we turn to our daily reading. Uh, the 30th, Judges, chapter 11, 
to chapter 12, verse 15. Now Jephthah of Gilead was a great warrior. He was the son of Gilead, but his mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also had several sons, and when these half-brothers grew up, they chased Jephthah off the land. You will not get any of our father's inheritance, they said, for you are the son of a prostitute. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Soon he had a band of worthless rebels following him. At about this time, the Ammonites began their war against Israel. When the Ammonites attacked, the elders of Gilead sent for Jephthah in the land of Tob. The elders said, Come and be our commander. Help us to fight the Ammonites. But Jephthah said to them, Aren't you the ones who hated me and drove me from my father's house? Why do you come to me now when you're in trouble? Because we need you, the elders replied. If you lead us in battle against the Ammonites, we will make you ruler over all the people of Gilead. Jephthah said to the elders, Let me get this straight. If I come with you, and if the Lord gives me victory over the Ammonites, will you really make me ruler over all the people? The Lord is our witness, the elders replied. We promise to do whatever you say. So Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him their ruler and commander of the army. At Mizpah, in the presence of the Lord, Jephthah repeated what he had said to the elders. When Jephthah sent messengers to the king of Ammon, asking, Why have you come out to fight against my land? The king of Ammon answered Jephthah's messengers, When the Israelites came out of Egypt, they stole my land from the Arnon River to the Jabbok River and all the way to the Jordan. Now then, give back the land peacefully. Jephthah sent this message back to the Ammonite king. This is what Jephthah says, Israel did not steal any land from Moab or Ammon. When the people of Israel arrived at Kadesh on their journey from Egypt after crossing the Red Sea, they sent messengers to the king of Edom asking for permission to pass through his land. But their request was denied. Then they asked the king of Moab for a similar permission, but he wouldn't let them pass through either. So the people of Israel stayed in Kadesh. Finally, they went around Edom and Moab through the wilderness. They traveled along Moab's eastern border and camped on the other side of the Arnon River. But they never once crossed the Arnon River into Moab, for the Arnon River was, was the border of Moab. Then Israel sent messengers to King Sihon of the Amorites, who ruled from Heshbon, asking for permission to cross through his land to get to their destination. But King Sihon didn't trust Israel to pass through the land. Instead, he mobilized his army at Jahaz and attacked them. But the Lord, the God of Israel, gave his people victory over King Sihon. So Israel took control of all the land of the Amorites who lived in that region, from the Arnon River to the Jabbok River and from the eastern wilderness to the Jordan. So you see, it was the Lord, the God of Israel, who took away the land from the Amorites and gave it to Israel. Why then should we give it back to you? You keep whatever your God Chemosh gives you, and we will keep whatever the Lord our God gives us. Are you better than Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did he try to make a case against Israel for disputed land? Did he go to war against them? 
Israel had been living here for 300 years, inhabiting Eshbon and its surrounding settlements, all the way to Aror and its settlements, and in all the towns along the Arnon River. Why have you made no effort to recover it before now? Therefore, I have not sinned against you, rather you have wronged me by attacking me. Let the Lord, who is judged, decide today which of us is right, Israel or Ammon. But the king of Ammon paid no attention to Jephthah's message. At that time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, and he went throughout the land of Gilead and Manesh, including Mizpah and Gilead, and from there he led an army against the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. He said, If you give me victory over the Ammonites, I will give to the Lord whatever comes out of my house to meet me when I return in triumph. I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So Jephthah led his army against the Ammonites, and the Lord gave him victory. He crushed the Ammonites, devastating about 20 towns from Arar to an area near Minnith, and as far away as Abel Karim. In this way, the Israelites defeated the Ammonites. When Jephthah returned home to Mizpah, his daughter came out to meet him, playing on a tambourine and dancing for joy. He was his one and only child. He had no other sons or daughters. When he saw her, he tore his clothes in anguish. Oh, my daughter, I cried, out, you have completely destroyed me. You brought disaster on me, for I have made a vow to the Lord, and I cannot take it back. And she said, Father, if you have made a vow to the Lord, you must do what, do to me what you have vowed, for the Lord has given you a great victory over your enemies, the Ammonites. But first, let me do this one thing. Let me go up and roam in the hill and weep with my friends, for two months because I will die a virgin. You may go, Jephthah said, and he went and he sent her away for two months and she and her friends went in the hills and wept because she would never have children. When she returned home, her father kept the vow he made and she died a virgin. So it has become a custom in Israel for the young Israeli women to go away for, for four days each year to lament the fate of Jephthah's daughter. Chapter 12, verse 1. Then the people of Ephraim mobilized an army and crossed over to the Jordan River to Saphon. They sent messages to Jephthah. Why didn't you call us for help You fight against to fight against the Ammonites? We are going to burn down your house with you in it. <clears throat> Jephthah replied, I summon you at the beginning of the dispute, but you refuse to come. You failed to help us in our struggle against Ammon, so when I realized you weren't coming, I risked my life and went to battle without you. And the Lord gave me victory over the Ammonites, so why have you not come to fight me? The people of Ephraim responded, You men of Gilead are nothing more than fugitives from Ephraim and Manish. So Jephthah gathered all the men of Gilead and attacked the men of Ephraim and defeated them. <clears throat> Jephthah captured the shallow crossings of the Jordan River, and whenever a fugitive from Ephraim tried to go back across, the men of Gilead would challenge him. Are you a member of the tribe of Ephraim? They would ask. As the man said, No, I'm not. They would tell him to say, Shibboleth. If he was from Ephraim, he would say, Sibolet, because people from Ephraim cannot pronounce the word correctly. Then they would take him and kill him. 
at the shallow crossing of the Jordan. And all 42,000 Ephraimites were killed at the same time, at that time. Jephthah judged Israel for six years when he died. He was buried in one of the towns of Gilead. After Jephthah died, Ephzan from Bethlehem judged Israel. He had 30 sons and 30 daughters. He sent his daughters to marry men outside his clan, and he brought in 30 young women from outside his clan to marry his sons. Isban judged Israel for seven years. When he died, he was buried in Bethlehem. After Isban died, Elon from the tribe of Zebulon judged Israel for ten years. When he died, he was buried at Aihalan in Zebulon. After Elon died, Abdan, son of Hillel from Piratan, judged Israel. He had 40 sons and 30 grandsons who rode on 70 donkeys. He judged Israel for eight years. When he died, he was buried in Piratan in Ephraim, in the hill country of the Amalekites. Now we go to John chapter 1 to verse 28. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and in His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man John the Baptist to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is true, who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about this when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for He existed long before me. From His abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. Well then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. 
Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. We, what do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness, Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told him, I baptize with water, but right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I am not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. This encounter took place in Bethany at in an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. Praying the Psalms. We ask God to give us wisdom to recognize crooked people and twisted ideas. Hallelujah. We ask Him to give us a desire to avoid both when they appear. Psalms 101 verses 1 through 8. I will sing of your love and justice, Lord. I will praise you with songs. I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. I hate all who deal crookedly. I will have nothing to do with them. I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. I will not allow deceivers to serve in my house, and liars will not stay in my presence. My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked and free the city of the Lord from their grip. Proverbs 14, 13 through 14. Laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when the laughter ends, the grief remains. Backsliders get what they deserve. Good people receive their reward. Amen.